This is the Mornington Peninsula Regional Galleries Conversation Series. We are talking to artist Sophie Perez about her exhibition at MPRG, The Landscape in Between. Hello and welcome to the Mornington Peninsula Regional Galleries Conversation Series, a podcast for people curious about art and the lives of artists. In this episode, senior curator Danny Lacey talks to Mornington Peninsula-based artist Sophie Perez about studying at the Royal College of Art in London, her inspirations and her love of colour. Sophie shares how she captures the essence of the Mornington Peninsula landscape in paint and discusses her new studio, her 9x10-inch commission paintings and how she promotes herself on social media. Thanks for joining us today, Sophie. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Firstly, I want to start by asking you if you were creative growing up and what inspired you to become an artist? Well, I've always been creative in different ways, not necessarily painting per se. I mean, I used to do a lot of design technology and design work and in England you try everything before you commit. So we do a foundation year where I almost went down the illustration route, but um, after doing a year and trying painting, I just knew that I had to paint really. That was my favourite. Can you talk about studying at the Royal College in London and how this has informed your painting practice? Well, I was extremely fortunate to get into the Royal College. I think it used to be about one in ten people get a spot at there, so it was, it's a highly sought-after master's. It's the only master's college in the world purely for arts, and as its title suggests, the Royal College has a lot of funding from the Royal Family. Lord Snowden is highly involved with the college. It's a college that isn't really like I believe that most of the colleges here that I've seen have worked. You don't necessarily get taught. It's very much you discuss your work, a lot of critical awareness with practising artists. It's, um, we can work over disciplines. I used to do a lot of work with the interior designers and the furniture builders. So it's a very open subject and it's really individually led by the students. In terms of that course how many years was that for and I guess what was the biggest thing to come out of that experience for you? This was a two-year two-year master's course the biggest thing we did we did a little bit of travel we had a really fantastic program where we went to Madrid we went to Florence I did a six weeks exchange here in Australia at the National Arts School of Sydney when I was 22 quite recently and um, that was there for six weeks so just the openness and the ability just to see so many artists work in the flesh all over the world was... I'd love to do it again. Now I've had time out of, and go back and appreciate really what we had at the college. It's amazing. Mm. And what were some of the biggest influences on your early career? I think for a long while I was quite obsessed with the Fauvists and that movement of the very colourful artists. I mean, still to the day, I feel like colour is one of the most important things in my practice. Um, such a mixture. I liked a lot of the American artists, Dieben Korn, Rauschenberg. I loved Philip Guston. He's Canadian, though, isn't he? Yeah, as I say, you're so spoilt to see so many artists in the flesh in Europe that you just can take your pick, really. And I always loved a very painterly painter. Mm. Now, you moved to Australia in 2005. What was behind this move and how has this shift affected your art practice? Well, like all good English people, I met an Australian and uh, we were actually racing bicycles at the time when we met. I met him at a velodrome and we actually came over here to train because we lived in Belgium in between here and Australia. So I didn't really paint for a very long time, but I did a lot of drawing, a lot of photography and knew that when we had the space that I was just drawn to the landscape. Landscape has always been urban, but landscape, not people. 
was really what's shifted in what I look at, really. Mm. Where do your ideas and inspirations come from? I think it goes back to the fact that I just love paint. Paint is probably the most appealing thing about creating a piece of work for me, and it's really a subject to hang this kind of painterly obsession on. The landscape here is undeniably amazing. I can't see how anybody could not feel inspired being out walking and just being amongst it, really. And just seeing how I can create new memories and try and invite people into the landscapes as I see them through paint. Mm. And I'd love to hear more about how the materiality of paint and your relationship to that and what it means to you. Well, it's all about the paint. What one can do, the endless possibilities of what this medium can create in any way. I can't see myself using any... I've tried, but I can't see myself expressing what I want to do through any other medium as how I do with paint, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose I, I learn every day, even though I've been doing this for quite a while now. You still learn every single day of how you can push the paint, how it can say something different, a different narrative. Hmm. And you've got a really interesting perspective of the landscape. How much of this is influenced by your experience running through the landscape? I know you run quite a lot, but when you run and move through the landscape, you really see the environment in a different way. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, well, it's very easy to say that I also just work from photographs, which is, it can be questioned, you know, I'm not a, a plein air painter, but for me, the plein air bit is actually, as you said, running through it, and I absorb snippets and colours and smells, and I, I note where I am, and I do take a photograph, and if I hadn't have been in that space, I think it becomes quite literal of what I would be trying to paint, but the fact that I've been in it and taken what I want from the landscape is what I'd like to put back in the painting and not just making a literal representation of what I'm seeing. Mm, yeah. Now, you have a great new studio space. Can you tell us about setting this up and the ambition behind this space? Oh, this, I am extremely fortunate. We're very much looking forward to opening this later down the year when we can, just to share with the community what we've created here. The ambition behind this was I, I often had collectors and people interested saying, please, can I come into your studio? <laughs> And my studio was a shed at the back of my garden. And I had one particular lady. She did buy a couple of pieces, luckily. But she was absolutely, I think, horrified would be that I painted in this small space. And I said to my husband, can we get a new studio? And he looked on commercial real estate and found this the next morning. So a little bit of a bigger project than we initially had in mind. It's 150 square metres in here. And it was um, a restaurant previously. So it's had no walls, no lighting, so it's a shell. So we've been building over Christmas and up until now. We've, we've nearly finished. So it's um, fantastic light, beautiful location, and I look forward to coming to it every day, really. Now, you're working on a whole range of works, but you're working on a new series of smaller 9 by 10 inch paintings on paper at the moment. Can you tell us a little bit about the story behind these? Yeah, well, like everybody, you have to change your work ethic at the minute and try and think outside the box because... It is a difficult time, and for two reasons. This is a really lovely way that I feel that I've been reaching out to people that I've suggested if they can't get to a special place or they have a memory of somewhere they can't get to at the moment, just to send me a photograph of this space. And I've been painting them. I mean, for us, we like everybody, we had a trip to Italy planned, a trip to the Pilbara region painting, my first marathon in Wilson's from, so lots of places that I'm unable to go to, and it's just been opening up a lot of conversations, a lot of amazing and beautiful stories that people have felt they'd like to share with me about these images. And, yeah, I've actually been really quite overwhelmed of um, 
how many people have wanted to take part and been involved in this project. So. Mm -hmm. And how many of these smaller paintings have you um, amassed so far? So far I've got about 30 lined up, but mm. as they're small, and I don't think small, I paint big, I've, I've put up about eight at a time on a board so that I can paint like they're still big, but they're small images to stop me overworking them, and I find it harder to paint a small painting. So, yeah, it's been quite a nice challenge, and it's given me a different focus to work on at the moment, mm. which has been nice. Now, how do you get past creative blockages, stop yourself from procrastinating and keep yourself motivated? I think having three children, I've never learned so much time management in my life. So when I get time in here or I get time to paint, this is my time to paint. So I, I, the procrastination I can do all day. I can think about things. I will admit Instagram does take up a little longer than um, one would like, but it's, you know, swings and roundabouts. You need to keep up to date with that. But creative block, I just won't come in for a few days. I'll go for a run. I'll do something else and until I'm ready. So it's not really anything to worry about. Hmm. This is a good follow-up question. How do you successfully promote yourself on social media? Well, that's only been the last couple of years that I've actually realised what a hashtag was that my sister-in-law informed to me. It's just following and being involved and just keeping up to date with um, my website, which has um, been very successful for me, linking it to my Instagram and trying to be current and give people a snippet of not just finished perfect pieces, a little bit of my life and how I get to it. And I feel that a lot of people have related, especially other artists as well, have, you know, see that opportunities have opened up to me. And I will say Instagram has been game-changer for me with that. And finally, what advice would you give to artists just starting out in their career? I always think, for me, the best thing about was moving to a really fantastic part of Australia in the Mornington Peninsula. Here, I've had so many opportunities, I feel. A lot of galleries, a lot of the Southern Boy Studio with the framers. They were the first people that, when I very first moved here, first time I got something framed... They invited me in the opening show. It was like a Doors and then the Flinders Gallery, which I'm now involved with, offered me to space in there and being part of the Red Hill, the school communities, do all the local school stuff. And it's a very creative community here. For me, it's just starting where you are and just working up and being involved as many things as you can, really. Hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Your exhibition, The Landscape In Between, is currently up at the Mornington Peninsula Regional Gallery, even though we're currently closed to the public. It has been really fantastic to work with you in getting that show set up and it does look really beautiful. So we're hoping to um, put some more images out through social media channels of that amazing show. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our conversation series. Mornington Peninsula Regional Gallery is the region's major cultural facility and is supported by Mornington Peninsula Shire and other partners. Visit mprg.mornpen.vic.gov to find out about our latest exhibitions and events. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you hear the next episode.